Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Baker, here as usual with my co-host, Graham Moen. How's it going, guys? So, today, we're going to talk about the worst team in the entire National Basketball Association, your Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers. They are 9-41. and 41. Yeah, they haven't even hit double-digit wins. They are losers of 18 of their last 19 games. Only one, one little win in that streak away from maybe getting near their record 26 losses in a row. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, they were supposed to be more prepared for LeBron to leave this time, and they were not. We both said they they were going to be terrible, and everyone's like, they're going to compete for the eighth seed. They have Kevin Love. I think I said if everyone was healthy, they had like a 20% chance at the eighth seed, and even that might have been wildly optimistic at this point, which is pathetic. I mean, we don't know what they look like with Kevin Love. They did lose the first four games with him. So. I don't think Kevin Love would have made much of a difference at this point. The Cavs suck. Yeah. They suck a lot, and they suck in pretty much every way. The last time we podcasted, um, they had that nice stretch where they beat the Rockets and they beat the 76ers in back-to-back games. Yeah, that's a distant memory. And then they had a very close game with the Lakers and LeBron's return to Cleveland. But Since then, it's just been... It's just been horrible since yeah. then. Like, players getting hurt. Players getting random players getting signed. Players being Kyle Korver got traded, and it's, George it's, Hill's gone. It's been ugly. All of those things. So I will say a couple positives. You just mentioned that Korver and Hill got traded, and the Browns, the Browns. I forgot. I'm so used to talking. I thought we've been talking about the Browns. The Cavs did get decent return for both those guys. They added some picks, some ammunition they're going to need because they need to add a lot of players, let's be honest. Yeah, they're going to need a lot of picks over the uh, next they've had, they've had injuries. Thompson has missed 15 games. Nance has missed 10. Love has missed almost the whole season. David Nawaba, who I liked a lot coming into the year, has not really been healthy at all, and he's missed the majority of the games. And when he's come back, he's kind of lost his rotation spot right. to Delvadova. So to you know, to be honest, a lot of their veterans have been hurt that they were counting on. So that's one reason they haven't been as good. I don't think they would be this bad if those guys were playing. They, they might all, have they like also three hold more the, wins. Having the worst record in the NBA does give them the top spot in the lottery, which this year, coming into the year, looked like there were several contenders, but it now there looks is like, one. It looks like a one a one guy at the top now. It's Zion Williamson from Duke. So for those who don't know about Zion Williamson. Go ahead and just describe him if you can, Graham. Um, well, he's 6'7", 285 pounds. That's, yeah, that's right. right. I said 285 pounds, and he's shorter than LeBron. So he's shorter than LeBron and weighs about what Shaq did when he came to the NBA. I mean, LeBron weighed about 280 at one point when he was with yeah. Miami, and I remember watching him and being like, that dude is freaking huge. Yeah. That is Zion Williamson. Again, he's not he's not the same skill set as LeBron. Early on, people were trying to There's compare no comparison him to LeBron. There. There's none. No well, comparison. A, he doesn't have the passing. No. At all. He's not a Magic Johnson level passer. He's someone that is incredibly athletic, uses his body really well, is able to score in the posts. He's able to block shots and steal. He's a good defender. He's really physical. And he is one of the most athletic players I've seen in college in a long time. I don't know if I've ever seen this like combination. He He's literally built like a brick. Like he, his, like if you look at his body, you're like, that guy's got to be freaking slow. And, and, oh, he's but, not. But he can jump out of the building. Like Graham said, he's a good defender. He dunks just constantly and hilariously. Um, he also blocks people hilariously. He's not a great shooter or passer yet, but he's the clear number one pick. At this point, you know, having the top spot in the lottery does help. But just a reminder. So before, if you had the top spot in the lottery, yeah, you had a 25% chance. chance. If So let's say the Cavs hold the top spot in the lottery. This is their percent chance of drafting in these spots. Number one, 14%. Number two, 13%. Number three, 13%. 
Number four, 12%. Number five, 48%. So there's almost a 50-50 chance the Cavs have the fifth pick, and then everywhere else is about a one in eight chance of being one through four. That would be horrible. So, you know, the NBA has tried to disincentivize tanking, which, understandably... Um, and I mean, the Cavs did get the number one pick like three out of four years. The Cavs came into this season with a plan that they were going to try and contend for a playoff spot, which was, <laughs> you know, they've been hilariously inept to the point where they're tanking now without even trying to. You know, if the Cavs finish, look, there's zero chance the Cavs finish out of the top four in the NBA. The Cavs are going to have about a 15% chance the top pick. If they don't get it, there are still good guys available. We'll go into more into the draft later on. Yeah. But end of the day, at least there's that. But all in all, it's been it's been a pretty brutal year. Watching the team is not great. I mean, you have to look for you have to really look hard for little small little incremental improvements. It's kinda like last year like rough. two seasons ago watching the Owen sixteen Browns. Like it's just kinda like you have to find like the smallest little positives in it because if you don't, you're just gonna hate yourself. And that's kind of how it is being a Cavs fan right now. Like I'll watch yeah. games or I'll keep track of them. And I'm just like, oh, they're losing by 20 to the Bulls. Or you're like, hey, they're, they're they're up five at halftime. Then the third quarter, they're down 15. You're just like, yeah, it's just there like, we go again. I mean, they don't have the talent. They don't. Yeah. And they're and they might be playing hard. They might have already phoned it in at this point. I don't know. I don't know them. They're professional athletes. I would hope that they haven't phoned it in yet. But they are nine and 41. Yeah. And. God bless Larry Drew. He's probably not going to be here. He's not going to be here next year, but he's he has dealt the worst hand you could possibly yeah. be dealt. Larry Drew had some quotes this week where he was basically like, "I didn't really want to be a head coach again, but they, I kind of, I couldn't say no to this." And he basically was like, "Larry Drew literally said he might retire from coaching altogether after this year. He is just like, I this is horrible." It's like that Bills player in I mean, the NFL that retired at halftime. Yeah, that's hilarious. You don't often see a coach just be like, "There's no hope. This is very difficult." It's not what I expected. It's Larry Drew sounds like a very depressed man. And he said he said he's actually glad Ty Lue isn't here because of the issues Ty Lue has had before. Oh God, if Ty Bas- Lue, basically, he was like, yeah, this would have broken Ty Lue. I think it would have. Honestly, yeah. I'm glad Ty Lue is not is able to relax and to go do stuff because he's still I really getting liked, paid. I really liked Ty Lue as yeah. a person. And I'm glad that he was able to get away from this situation just because this would be so bad for a guy that's been to three straight four, three straight NBA finals and just would have this to deal with. Yeah. I mean, yes, you had LeBron, but like you had Kevin Love and you had Tristan Thompson. You had some talent. Yeah. God bless Larry Drew for trying. The Cavs will be hiring a different coach next year because I don't think Larry Drew even wants to coach the team. And the I Cavs wouldn't. have pretty much already said they're looking for a coach. They're going to look for a younger, first-time player development type guy, which makes sense to me. The problem I have is that I just don't know how much the culture of the franchise can change as long as Dan Gilbert's around, which appears he's no, going, not going anywhere anytime soon. But I really hope someone makes topic, him an really. offer he can't refuse because I hope he realizes yeah. that the value of his franchise is depreciating by the year without LeBron. Yeah. He honestly should have sold it when it was at its peak, when they thought LeBron was going to be here. Man, doing this podcast kind of reminds me of what, what it was like to podcast about the Browns before this year. Yeah. We, we're really good at talking about how bad Cleveland sports are. This The Browns have been a treat this year. Uh, I mean, we're used to the bad Cleveland yeah. sports, so. So, coming into the year, the number one most important thing for the Cavs was going to be the development of Colin Sexton. Yeah. And in your opinion, Graham, what have you seen from him and are you pleased with his development? What 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 are you thinking? I 
um, it's it's really like it's kind of like a, the same thing as the Cavs season where you have to find some smaller things to be good with Co- Colin Sexton about. Like for instance, he's actually been a pretty good three point shooter. He's shooting like near forty percent on threes, and he's been taking a couple more every single month. I don't think he's going to be shooting five or six by the end of the year, but he's good at he's making his threes at a good clip, and he seems like he's able to just be consistent in that area. And he's been improving in that spot. Also, if we get out on the fast break, which we wanted to do at the beginning of the year, with Ty Lue, I don't know how that's been with, I don't know if that's been an emphasis for Larry drew, but I don't, I don't think they get enough turnovers defensively Yeah, is the problem. So he's not able to use his best skills, which is his quickness in space and being able to move there. I was really hoping Colin Sexton would be a lot better than he has been. And by advanced metrics, he has actually might've been the worst uh, rookie in the NBA. I mean, Andrew, what do you think about him? Yeah, Sexton has definitely struggled big time. I mean, he has looked incredibly young because he is incredibly young. And I think that we knew that the development would be really, really slow and, you know, baby steps. But I, I do think he's been a little bit behind where you'd want him to be. He's averaging 15 points a game, which is not, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you just watch him play, he looks so young because he is so young. Yeah, he's only 19. And he clearly doesn't know what he's doing. And like you said, the outside outside shooting has been a nice surprise. He is a quick player, so he's good in the fast break. But one of his skills coming in that we thought was that he was going to be a very good defensive player because he was in college, especially because he's a high-effort defensive player. He has just been getting abused in the NBA. Yeah, he's just too tiny. He's too small. He's not. He doesn't have enough weight on him. Yeah, he's he's too short and and too weak. He just gets pushed around. I mean, he gets really dominated in that end. The teams yeah. teams look for him and they go after him you incessantly. Don't, you don't see him doing that strong arm thing on defense that he was doing yeah. at the beginning of the year. I think there's still potential for improvement there if he bulks up in the future and with more experience. We do have to remember he did just turn twenty. I try to not be too hard on him. It's just that sometimes it's really hard to watch him play. Um, there's not been a lot of growth running the offense. It's been very little, less than you would like. Um, you know, he's averaging three assists a game, and a lot of times in the half court, he kind of just holds the ball or chucks up an aimless mid-ranger, and there just hasn't been, you know – as much improvement in terms of the actual point guard skills as you would hope right now. He's basically a shooting guard in a tiny point guards body. Yeah. Um, going to the basket in the half court, he's been horrible. He's shooting 42% on twos for the season. Which is terrible. Which is just really horrible. Which we were hoping he would be good at going yeah. to the basket, but that's another thing with his yeah. frame is that he gets pushed around when he tries to get in there with yeah. those big bodies. And it's just, he's too small. He's too weak. He doesn't seem to know how to use his body yet. He's a he's a solid free throw shooter, but he doesn't get the line a whole lot because his shots gets blocked. He kind of just looks like a player that probably would have benefited from another year at Alabama. Yeah, or even just coming off the bench for the Cavs, which he's been thrust in the starting lineup. Which you know maybe it's a confidence booster for him. Maybe it's an experience thing. I think if Kevin Love comes back, that can help because Kevin Love is one of the few you know skilled offensive players the Cavs have. Mm-hmm. And maybe he can develop a rapport with Love and kind of grow as a player in that sense. Yeah, Love should be back soonish. And also, missing your best player doesn't help because it also and right having someone in the front court that maybe could help Colin Sexton learn the pick and roll game because then he'd have a reliable person that he could either pass to on a roll, which would give him easier assists, or on a pick and pop, which would allow yeah. him to have better opportunities. But without Kevin Love, it's just it's really difficult. The Cavs have limited outside shooting, and 
love being one of the only being the only big man on our team that really is a good three point shooter. Honestly, watching Sexton, part of me just wonders like, would he be helped out by going to the D League? I mean, they can't do that because it, it would just kill his confidence. But yeah, you know, I, I think right now projecting him forward, he kind of looks like a sixth man scorer off the bench type of guy. Yeah. And that wouldn't be the worst result for the eighth overall pick, but considering he was supposed to be kind of the first pillar of the Cavs rebuild, I do think it's been a disappointing season. I mean, the Cavs got the worst out of that pick that they got in the Kyrie Irving trade. So it's just kind of really been a bad... This is what's left. Yeah. He and Ante Zidic we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, That's one of the worst trades in in the Cavs history. And um, now they're paying for it because of taking that risk. Yeah. You know, like, like I said... Sexton is so young. We we've got to give him more time before we make any anything. You know, we can't right now. Right, we can't. There's save. nothing definitive right now because right. he's so young. It's just I do wish there was more growth in certain areas, and I do wish he looked better. But you know, he does have the second half of the season to kind of just run the show and try to improve. So we'll see what happens with that. There's a couple more, you know, areas of the roster we can talk about. But first, a quick break. So, other players around the Cavs roster. Obviously, kind of the older veteran guys in the roster, the few of them that there are, the Del Vadovas and the Channing Fries and guys like that, the development of those guys doesn't matter as much. It's nice to have Delhi back. He's a legitimate backup point guard, which the Cavs have. I mean, there's had. not really development with them. They right. kind of are who they are as exactly. players. I think another kind of core piece on this team or potentially core piece is uh, Jetty Osman. Yeah. Jetty, to start the year, really struggled. I mean, it looked like. It looked like he was a guy who was a kind of a role player who had never really handled the ball or run an offense before. And that's what he was. I mean, he had limit, very limited playing time in his yeah. time since he had come over from Turkey. And he's just not a player that you can bank on to be your number two or three scorer. He's no. He is a role player. He is yep. a role-playing small forward. And I don't know what he would be a shooting guard's power forward. The NBA is so weird nowadays. But he's a role-playing he's a wing, wing. Yeah. that enables – that is able to play solid defense. He's solid at everything. He's not yeah. great in one area, but he's solid at everything. And that was really the the scouting report on him when he was coming from Turkey, is that he's not going to blow you away, but he's going to work hard, which he has done. Yeah. And he is intelligent, but he's just – he's limited. And he's also yep. just – if he could be a seventh or eighth guy for a team that is contending, I think that would be ideal. If the Cavs ever get to that point and he is a role player in this team, I think that would fit him perfectly. Someone that plays like 20 to 22 minutes a night. But he's just getting overstretched. Yeah, he's been inconsistent and he's definitely struggled in his role. He has had some nice games. The past two games against Boston and Miami, he scored 29 and 25 points. Yeah. And that's really good. It's it's great to see little, you know, because it seems like sometimes he's someone that struggles with his confidence. Yeah, but his three point shot is thirty two percent. But a lot of those have kind of been off the dribble. He's he's looking like a solid catch and shoot three point guy. Yeah, which is what he would be. Yep, and he's like I said, he's a solid defender. Um, going to the basket, he's actually been solid. He just hasn't done it a whole lot. Yeah, he's also a little thin. Yeah. He could be in some. He else. travels a lot. He 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 forgets to take that dribble before his first step moves a lot. He's very tentative a lot of times, and I think. This is part of the process for young players, especially young players who are being thrust into a bigger role than they've ever been in. Yeah, I mean, he is went just, from nothing to right. playing there's just eight, 30 minutes a game. There's nothing on him to, for, for him to fall back on. It's all new, so he doesn't have – there's not that consistency there. I do see moments with him. I think there's a chance he can develop into a – maybe like a Joe Ingles type starter. That would be great. That would That's probably um, his ceiling, I would think. Yeah, I think – 
And that's not just because he's European. It's because he's a good shooter, decent passer, a little rebounder, defender. I forget Joe Ingles is European. Uh, Australian, I think, technically. But white guy from overseas yeah, not, is the point. Not in America. Oh, yeah, he is yeah. Australian. Um, you anyway. know, I think it's about what you expect from Jetty so far. There's been some ups and downs. The ups are fun. He's such a fun player to watch when he's doing well. Yeah, I mean, the reason um, that we're not as worried about – we're not as – like frustrated by him as we would be by like Colin Sexton is that Jetty Jetty was a second round pick that was brought overseas. And then Colin Sexton was someone that was the number eight pick in the draft. It's just like, there's certain expectations for certain players and Sexton has not Mm -hmm. done what he's, what we've hoped he would done. Chetty's done about or Jetty. I'm sorry. Jetty's done about what we've expected. Yeah. And that's okay. Those guys both have a lot more time to grow. The Cavs aren't going to be good anytime soon. So, um, Jordan Clarkson has been the Cavs' leading scorer. He's averaging 16.5 points a game off the bench. He's been solid. He can't. Where was that last year? Okay, I hear you. Obviously, playing alongside LeBron was a very poor fit for him. I know. He kind of reminds me of Delonte West in a way. <laughs> That's definitely uh, a poor fit next yeah. to LeBron. <laughs> yeah, Delonte West playing against LeBron was a very bad fit. If you don't get that joke, I'm sorry. Just Google it. Um, you know, Clarkson's been solid. I think he's played himself to a point where. Maybe he could be a future, you know, sixth man of the year candidate. His all contract is Jordan Crawford. His asset, he's a much more bigger asset now than he was last year when we got him. Yeah, he definitely, I think, is tradable at this point. His salary is not outrageous. I think a team that could use some scoring punch could use him. He doesn't, he still doesn't pass much. No, he's, he's a not scoring, a great defender. He's, he's just kind of, he's kind of just an ISO scoring guard off the bench. Yeah. And there's times like that where you're going to need it in the bench, like even in a playoff game. He could probably get you a lead in a playoff game just by the, the sheer amount of shooting and the volume that he does it. Cause he is smart with, with how he gets to the rim. He's pretty good at getting to the rim and yeah. taking his shots. He's crafty. Yeah. And he's long too for his size. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that really helps him. And I think he could be a valuable piece for a team, even this year, if the Cavs can tr- find a way to move him. But um, I think a team that's contending for the playoffs would definitely like having him as their sixth man off the bench or a bench scorer that comes in for like 15 to 20 minutes a game and just can give you a 10 point quarter out of nowhere, which he absolutely has the ability to do. He's kind of a microwave player where yep. if he gets going, he can put up 15 and a quarter. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, Sexton, we're, we're no, we're not anywhere near deciding that Sexton's a bench player for his career or whatever. Right. I, I think this is, he's a rookie, right? I think we'll see how Clarkson fits in long-term. You know, the Cavs are so desperate for scoring right now that he's the best scorer they have. Yeah. Um, I, I, w- I think that he probably won't get traded this year, but maybe next year is an expiring contract. Yeah, maybe – or in like July or something before the season starts. Do you think there's a chance that Clarkson's a long-term piece for the Cavs? I don't think so just because, I mean, he is a little bit younger, but at the same time it depends on what the Cavs are willing to pay him because they already did give – they already allocated some of those resources for players like Larry Nance, who I think they want to keep, whereas Clarkson just seems like a guy that they – are just honestly trying to give him as much playing time as possible to help boost his trade value. I tend to agree. I mean, he's again, he's not a bad player, and a lot of teams could use a, a scorer off the bench. I just I think that having him around may kind of inhibit other young players, was, especially next year if we have another rookie guard. If he was like a ten million dollar a year player, then I would understand it. But yeah. he's getting paid like fourteen mil, and that's that's a little rich for someone who's one score one one like trait that's good is his ability to score. Tristan Thompson continues to be a solid veteran leader for this team when he is healthy. He hasn't been healthy a lot. finally broken down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, when After you, when you play like, what was it? I don't know how many games I mean, he row. played for like six seasons straight yeah, of something insane like before that. Before last year when he got hurt. Other than that, because that was his first time missing 
actual game time was last yeah, year. Yeah, he's been really solid. He's had a bounce back year. I think he's to the point now where if he can stay healthy, he could be an option to trade the deadline more likely next year. Yeah. Um, he also, depending on how the Cavs see it, is he could be a long-term piece because he's not old. Yeah. He's like 26. Perhaps. But he Larry, does Larry Nance is definitely on. a young-term piece and a yeah. long-term piece. Larry Nance has been solid. Larry Nance is another guy like Chetty, like Jetty, where you're just going to – Yeah. It's just another role player. Yep. The Cavs have a lot of guys that could end up being role players, whether it's for the Cavs or for another team, we don't know. But I think Nance is definitely going to be someone that sticks around long-term. Nance they already a, gave him the extension. Nance is a nice backup big man. Yeah, he's a good like 20 to 25 minute a game at most. Yep. If you go past 25 minutes, you're kind of stretching him because he is limited in some areas. But His he's passing good, has been fun. But his passing's pretty good. He's a good rebounder. He can step out a little bit, like hit like those 15 footers. His three point range is slowly developing. Yeah. I mean, if he could even be a corner three guy. Yeah. He's hitting, he's hitting 32% of his threes this year, taking about one a game, which is a massive set of growth for him. So that's, yeah, for, that's a good sign. And for a big man who never shoots threes before, and that's how just the NBA mm-hmm. is going now, like, one year you're not shooting threes, all of a sudden now it's become part of the game and you have to at least have that threat. And, and like he, we like we said, it's baby steps with this team. Yeah, it is. There's there's not going to be any major, major growth in this team this year, and that's pretty apparent. Rounding out the Cavs' big men, uh, Ante Zizic has been, you know, he didn't play a lot early in the year when we had Love, Nance, Thompson, all these big guys. He's been starting of late with Thompson and also Nance out. He's been averaging like a solid 13 and 8 a game starting. He's a stat um, goblin. Yeah, a lot of that's junk time. Yeah, he's a stat goblin. He's, he's so slow. He has size, but he doesn't use it a whole lot. He's not a shot blocker. I think his best skill is probably his rebounding, and he's shown a little ability to pass. But and over, he has some offensive know. moves, but not many. I don't see Zizic as really being an NBA player. No. And again, that's another piece that was in the Like a fourth, a fourth or fifth big, maybe. Yeah. And he, he's still young, too, but... He just has such a long road ahead to become a decent NBA player. I just don't know. I just don't. He's not going to add athleticism. He's going to learn how to use his size a little better, maybe. But he can't really jump enough to alter shots enough. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, you know, he's been putting up solid numbers starting. That's good for him. And he has played better. To be in the NBA, but, you have to have one trait that's kind of yeah. sets you apart. Whether yeah. it doesn't have to be elite, but you have to have one trait that's really good. That's going to keep you in the league for a long time. And if you don't, if you're just like solid to average or below average at a lot of things, you're just not going to make it in the NBA. And that's kind of how I feel with him. Yeah. He's kind of like a classic, really good, like mid two thousands bench center. I said he's he just less like a, athletic Aaron Baines. Yeah. He's just kind of like a plotter who comes along and gets rebounds here and there. Yeah. And you know, he, he's got a decent little face up game. He can shoot from 14 feet and you know, it's all well. And like good. most of those centers um, just aren't a thing anymore. I mean, we even see that with the best yeah. team in the East with Toronto where Jonas Valanciunas pretty much plays, a decent amount based on matchups, or he doesn't play that much at all. If Nance Thompson and Love were healthy, Zizic wouldn't play one minute until no, jump time. He wouldn't play unless we were winning. <laughs> How's Rodney Hood been? What do you think, Graham? I might be more angry at him than I was at Jordan Clarkson last year. He's just he just doesn't put any confidence into me and doesn't yeah. give me any excitement. The way he plays basketball is just really both boring and excruciating to watch at the same time. He dribbles around a lot. He doesn't really pass that well. He's not a, he shoots mid rangers that usually front rim. So he doesn't shoot them well enough. And then he shoots threes and he's pretty good at threes, which is what he always has been, but he can't shoot anywhere else. He's not getting, he doesn't get to the rim. He had that one game uh, in the playoffs last year and everyone thought that he was coming at breaking out. Finally. I think Rodney Hood is a decent catch and shoot three point shooter, but I just don't, he, when he has to dribble, he's he's very so uninspiring because the best 
that you're going to get out of Rodney Hood on any given possession is is a nice pull-up jump shot. He doesn't get to the basket almost ever. He either stops and pulls up or he floats. And that's another person it's who's very rare that he gets to the very basket. Ra- who's rail thin for his size. He's 6'7", and he weighs like 220. So he just yeah, gets he pushed also, around. He doesn't really – He doesn't use his length well He, he doesn't pass or get to the basket enough to matter to where he's kind of just like – he's almost like a Clarkson type where – He's kind of just a guy who gets goes up there and gets 12 to 15 points a game and doesn't really do a whole lot else. He scores. Defensively, he's kind of just whatever. Yeah. He's just – he's probably been the one Cavs player that's maybe kind of downed his stock yeah. in terms of being a trade asset. I don't know if the Cavs are going to be able to be able to move him. It's like He doesn't get paid a lot, so maybe some team needs a little bit of shooting. I guess he was. But he did sign the tender this past yeah. year. But he's not been inspiring. I mean – this is it's, it's funny to talk about Rodney Hood because both of us are kind of just like, yeah – you know, he's Rodney. And a couple of years ago when he was with the Jazz, he was looking like an up-and-coming guy where people thought he might get paid 15, 16, 17 million a year. He'll be lucky to be in the NBA next yeah, year. Yeah, with the Jazz, oh, geez, I don't know about that. But with the Jazz, he is averaging 12 points a game. But no, it's not exciting. But, you know, with the Jazz, he was a young guy who was kind of one day it was 27 points, one day it was 10 points. With the Cavs, he's kind of just been like 8 to 14 points a game. There, He hasn't really had many big games at all. Yeah. Um, goals for the rest of the season. Clearly, we start here with Jordan with uh, Colin Sexton. What do you want to see from Colin Sexton the rest of the season? He just has to get better at running an NBA offense. He has to be able to pass the ball better. He has to get better at anticipation. And some of those things aren't things that are coachable. Be, but being able to get into the right positions that is coachable. Being able to understand game flow and being able to understand when a pass is open and when that's a good time to make that pass. Those are things that can be improved. I don't know if that innate anticipation that some of the best passers in the league have, or even rookies we've seen this year, Luka Doncic, who can make those passes. Some of those things aren't coachable, but he has to be able to make a stride to where the fact that when he's on the floor, there is a threat that he is able to make a pass, make the right pass into a space and be able to help set somebody up, whether it's a pass that ends up in a shot or a pass that ends up in like a hockey assist where it's to one person then to another. So he has to learn how to do those things and learn the intricacies of running an NBA offense. And next year he'll have a new coach to do it. So hopefully the new coach that comes in is able to use him efficiently and be able to build around him because he is the youngest piece and the biggest asset we have right now. We don't have anybody else. We have Kevin Love and he's not a future member of this team. He's approaching 30 and the Cavs are going to have to move on from him soon. So yeah, I don't know if the Cavs will be able to though, not this year. And I don't know if they'll be able to at all because of his contract. And, but with Sexton's particular, he needs to do that. And then he also needs to bulk up, which we've talked about. He needs to gain like yeah, 10 that's an pounds. Thing. He needs to gain like 10 pounds. Yeah, he, he needs to get a lot stronger in the off season. I think he's like six, three, one ninety right now. If he gets to like 200, 205, and that's, and that's a lot. But if he works out well in the offseason, he really commits himself. I think Sexton could at least come in next year with a bigger body and being able to bigger frame, and that would be able to help him as he gets to the rim. He's got to the point where he's got to get to the point next year where he can be on the court without being just bullied constantly on the defensive end. Yeah, and, he where, also, and where he can give the basket and actually absorb some contact instead of just getting blocked every time. Yeah, he's got to learn how to use his body better on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. And right now, that's just not going to happen in season. I don't think. I, like I said, like you said, I think running the offense is somewhere he can improve. Just start to see the passing lanes. He had six assists in a game a couple of, a couple weeks ago. That was nice. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had two yesterday. Uh, that it's, was fun. It's, it's just weird to say that when last year we were watching LeBron get six and a quarter. Yeah. Um, 
I'm hoping that Jetty keeps developing. Yeah, you know, the last couple games he's been really good, and I'm hoping that that, that confidence can kind of inspire him to kind of keep going forward and improving. It's re- been up and down for him, but I've been, I would say, mostly encouraged. His I don't, rebounding's I, always we don't, been something We don't expect him good. to be a star at all. But. No, but if he can be a guy off the bench who can average like 10 points and yeah. seven rebounds a game, or not, not, or like six rebounds a game and be yeah. able to shoot a decent percentage from yeah. three, like 35, 36%. Yeah, and he plays with really good energy. You see that early in the games. He usually starts off pretty well, but he's just not built to go 30 minutes, 35 minutes. There's players that are just they're just not like that. It's all development. Um, who would you try to trade if you were the Cavs? Uh, well, Jordan Clarkson. The first person, obviously, they have to get rid of is JR just because he's been away from the team. And that'll probably be in the offseason. Well, I don't think they're going to be able to trade him. I think – Next year, his contract's non-guaranteed, so maybe they could trade him at that point so a team could waive him. Next year, they can trade him for a $14 million salary, even though he's only technically owed $4 million. Yeah. So the Cavs will probably get some type of draft pick compensation in return for taking on a salary for JR. So that will probably be next year, not this year. Yeah, because on a contending team, JR could still have some value as a bench guy. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I love JR, but I don't know. I mean, I think his time then might be over. It might be. Kevin Love, we don't know because his extension yeah. kicks in after this next year. So. I would love to trade Kevin Love tomorrow, even though I like Kevin Love. It's just the contract, and he doesn't. He has to stay healthy. The Cavs are not going to be good for years. By the time yeah. they're good, Kevin Love's going to be thirty-three or thirty-four years old. I think what needs to happen is the best thing the Cavs can do next year is try to find a way to keep him healthy. Yeah, the more keep, you can him, keep healthy, him healthy, so that way he can put, put up some stats numbers yep. and then be a trade asset. Because yep. teams right now are looking at like we're going to pay twenty-six million dollars for a guy that gets hurt all the time. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of the same. And thing approaching thirty, kind of the same thing with Thompson probably. But you don't expect the same things out of Thompson, and right. Thompson's also coming up near the end of his contract, whereas yep. Kevin Love's is just getting started. Yeah, I think so, Thompson's probably a trade piece next year. Thompson is either going to probably be traded at the, in the summertime or the trade deadline before the trade deadline in 2020. So, and maybe Thompson never has enough value to get traded, and he kind of just sticks around with the Cavs. Who and that would be fine because, like, yeah. he's a player that's a rotation really, big, and he could also help any young players that come in. Like, if the Cavs, for instance, got Zion Williamson, he could be a, a veteran that would be in the locker room and another big man that could really help him, mm-hmm. and that could. Although maybe Zion's already better than him, so I don't know how much that would help. But I think for this year, Alec Burks is definitely a trade he's piece. He's going to be gone. He's an expiring contract. He's been okay with the Cavs. I think if we don't trade I'm not, him, I'm he'll not get conv- bought out. I'm not convinced that he'll get traded just because I don't know if a team's going to want him. I think we might buy him out then just because. If he doesn't get traded, I would say so. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see him making it through the year. Hood will get traded probably. Maybe. If, if we can yeah, find someone. I think Hood, maybe if a team needs a bench shooter. For like scorer. a second round pick or something. Yeah. I don't see him being a long-term piece here. And Clarkson could, if he keeps playing this way, a team a yeah. team that's like a middle-tier team trying to get into the playoff hunt or a team that's trying to solidify their spot and they need a scoring yeah. a scoring guard could be really helpful. And I think, I think again, Clarkson's probably next year when he's an expiring contract. Yeah, that's probably also another thing. So really this year it's yeah. maybe Rodney Hood and maybe Alec Burks. I think it's mostly status quo for the Cavs, though, going forward. I mean, I obviously they're not going to be trading for any impact players. There's no chance of that. And I, I, you know, you're telling me Anthony Davis you, isn't what, coming to the cast. No, not quite, Graham. Um, what can you get for Burks? What can you get for Hood? It's not going to be a lot. You're yeah. gonna, you might have to take on long term money in one of those two. You know, we'll see. I just hope that Sexton, you know, can kind of show little glimpses here and there of improving his passing and maybe actually scoring some layups. But definitely, he's going to have to improve his strength. And the thing that you know, one last thing about Sexton is he's really not an athletic player at all. 
He's quick, but he's not. He's he, more straight line. He's not a jumper at all. I mean, no. he, he, he's like dunked like three or four times. He's year. more straight line speed than he yeah. is side to side. We'll see. Uh, we'll have more Cavs content eventually whenever we feel like it, whenever something interesting happens. Maybe more Browns coverage. Might be three years from now. Um, we'll have more Browns coverage for sure. We're going to start kind of like an off-season blueprint type of podcast. Say the se- the we'll be senior doing bowl just ended. Yeah. And there's a couple guys that I want to talk about in the next podcast. Yes, big shot guys. Graham wants to talk about the NFL draft. Hey, there's some really good guys for the Browns coming up. There sure uh, are. Free agency is going to be coming up soon. The NFL Combine will be coming up soon. So a lot of things for the Browns in the offseason and – uh, check me out coming up soon on NFL Fan Blitz. I'm writing for the Cleveland, as a Cleveland Browns writer there. Uh-oh. You'll get more content there, but you'll get the longer ex- explanations of it on the Tree City Sports Podcast. So make sure you always come back here first to listen. But also make sure you just go and check us out on Twitter at abaker underscore sports and then at G-T-M-O-H-A-N. That's my Twitter handle. And if you have any questions, DM us. Uh, if you want to talk drafts, send me a message. If you want to talk uh Cavs send us both the messages but it's going to be an interesting next couple months hopefully the Cavs get back under control but if not at least we can uh have some have one exciting thing Cleveland to talk about and that's the Browns but thank you for listening to the Cavs podcast and uh Andrew do you have anything to get us out sure don't talk to you guys next time peace